1: Gators Breakdown The Gators Fan Podcast because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation
0: The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go Happy Holidays everybody I'm your host David Waters and you can find me on Twitter at Gator Dave underscore SEC and joining me on this Orange Bowl preview episode will be Jerry Ratcliffe from jerryratcliffe.com very, very experienced in covering the Virginia Cavaliers and definitely wanted to get him here on Gators Breakdown to give us a preview of the Orange Bowl matchup between Florida and Virginia that will take place on Monday night in Miami. So Gators going for their second straight New Year's Six Bowl win under Dan Mullen. Before we get there, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as news for Jack's coverage of the Gators. Also, catch the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, however you want to get Gators Breakdown, you can find it on all those avenues there. And remember, you can get your Gators Breakdown gear at SquadLocker.com. Head over and click into the top right of the screen. Click on Find Your Store, type Gators Breakdown, and all the gear is available right there. Hats, shirts, polos, and more. All that stuff from Gators Breakdown and Squad Locker. Jerry Ratcliffe from jerryratcliffe.com joins us here on Gators Breakdown. And Jerry has earned countless awards covering the Cavaliers for four decades and is now right here on Gators Breakdown to give us a preview of the Virginia Cavaliers. Jerry, thank you so much for hopping on.
1: Well, thank you, David. I appreciate the invitation. I'm proud to be with you, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners out there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jerry, give us, our, our listeners, a little bit of background about yourself. And, uh, you know, we don't get to see Virginia all too often because uh, we just don't play them in bowl games enough. We've played another uh, enough ACC teams out there, of course, at FSU and Miami, uh, the common opponents for these two teams this year. But uh, give us uh, a little bit of background for uh, your, your coverage of the Cavaliers.
1: Well, I came here uh, to Charlottesville in 1982, the same year that George Welsh got here. And uh, <clears throat> Virginia was probably the laughingstock of college football at that time, uh, although they had a great basketball program with Ralph Sampson and, and those guys. But uh, witnessed and covered uh, the incredible turnaround that that Welsh put here. He made him one of the most consistent winners in the country during his uh almost two-decade career, and uh, put them in a lot of bowl games, including their first bowl game in 1984, believe it or not. Uh, And, uh, uh, you know, I had a lot of chances to leave and go to bigger places, but uh, I really loved Charlottesville. I'm a Virginia native. Uh, It's a great town to live in. It's been rated one of the best places in the country to live, so I figured if people are trying to move here why should i leave (laughs) so i've been here ever since and uh i worked i was sports editor at the local newspaper for 36 years and uh uh or a little bit yeah i guess 36 years and then um, as uh happens to many of us uh, older sports writers our jobs seem to be eliminated for cost-cutting situations and uh so I, I was encouraged by a lot of Virginia fans who have liked my work over the years. I've uh, been very fortunate to get that kind of support uh, to do my own thing. So I uh, started my own website covering Virginia and uh, do a radio show that's uh, heard in Charlottesville, Richmond, and Norfolk. So uh not ready to hang it up yet. <laughs>
0: I hear you. I hear you there. So, of course, an historic season for Virginia. You know what a season it has been up to this point for the Cavaliers. And you know, one of the teams in the preseason pegged to win the ACC Coastal, and and pretty much lived up to that expectation. It really looks like head coach Bronco Mendenhall has a program going on the right track.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, what he's done has been just sort of miraculous. It's it's very reminiscent of what George Welsh did, actually. Uh, George uh, came here from Navy, brought his entire staff, and they stayed uh, for years and uh, gradually improved year by year. Uh, Bronco's done the same thing. He brought, uh, I think, all of his staff from BYU except for one coach uh, clear across the country where they had no recruiting roots of any kind. And uh, I guess that was the biggest obstacle, still is a little bit, and – He's kept all his coaches very close-knit staff, and they have uh, incrementally gotten better each year. From two and ten four years ago to uh, uh, six and seven uh, the next year, uh, losing a one-sided bowl game to Navy at Navy, uh, then beat South Carolina pretty badly uh, last year in the Belt Bowl and finished eight and five. And then right now they stand nine and four. The program's only won 10 games uh, once, and that was in 1989. So you can see, uh, you know, how much progress they've made and and what it means to Virginia fans to to be in this situation.
0: And and quarterback Bryce Perkins was a player. You know, he came on the scene last year, but really burst onto the scene this year uh, with the successful season Virginia was having. Uh, Was there any inclination to believe, you know, he'd have this type of performance coming into the season?
1: Uh, David, I, you know that's a good question. Uh, I, I think so, uh, and because he had to, uh, there was so much pressure on this guy to deliver. And uh, Bronco, you know, coaches normally shy away from putting too much pressure on one guy, saying, "Well, you know, it's, we don't want to do that. We, we got to make sure that these other teammates uh, uh, share the pressure." But Bronco has, has been pretty adamant that ever since Bryce got here, that we go as far as Bryce goes, and he's been very accurate on that. Uh, he did have a spectacular season last year and uh, has topped that this year, and he had to. Uh, back in the summer, uh, Bryce went in to see Bronco and, and said, well, "You know, what can I do to get better, Coach? Uh, I want to you know, have a little bit of a legacy that I'll leave behind here, even though I'll only be here two years. And Bronco just flat out told him, uh, said, you know, Bryce, the difference between good quarterbacks and great quarterbacks is that great, uh, great quarterbacks win championships. Can you win me a championship? And I think that uh, really resonated with Perkins, and uh, he's had an incredible year. Uh, even though they were hammered by Clemson in the ACC championship game, he Broke two UVA records, the single-season passing record of 3,215 yards, uh, and then he also broke uh, the UVA record for career rushing yards by a quarterback, uh, breaking the famous Bullet Bill Dudley's record uh, from back in the, the, the 40s. So um, he's, he's just yeah. had an incredible year, and uh, if it weren't for – Bryce Perkins,
0: Virginia
1: would just be a, a mediocre
0: football team, and much like Florida in the traditional running game, you know Virginia struggles. Uh, and so both teams coming coming into this game, you know, not really being able to get much from the running backs. You know Perkins is the leading rusher uh, for for Virginia. So uh, what contributes to the to the struggles in the traditional run game uh, that the running backs can't get going?
1: Uh, it's something that has haunted Virginia for years, uh, David. They uh, they just uh, in the coaching transition, uh, they just, the, the previous administration or, or coaching regime uh, was not very good about recruiting offensive linemen. Uh, and when Bronco came in, uh, the recruiting numbers were out of whack. There weren't enough offensive linemen. So he was starting in the hole there. And they still haven't caught up. Uh, the, the offensive line has been a work in progress for all four years. Uh, they just simply haven't been good enough or or overpowering enough to open a lot of holes for what we think are some fairly talented running backs. I'm not sure there's any NFL backs in the group, but uh, they have struggled with some run game every year. And uh, you're right about Perkins. I mean, he's, he has 745 net yards rushing uh, over a thousand. If you take the sacks away and, uh, 11 rushing touchdowns. So he, uh, yeah, he's been the difference. And a lot of that, some of his design plays, a lot of it is uh, ad lib when things break down. When it's, that's probably when he's the most dangerous, really. And um, so that's where we are. Wayne Talapapa, uh, a Hawaiian kid, sophomore, uh, is their leading running back with uh, 459 yards, 4.1 average. But then again he he just you know he a lot of times he has no place to run, and uh I remember one thing that Al Grove, former u b a coach former uh n f l coach told me when he was here is that uh, all running backs run the same when there's no hole, <laughs> and he was he's pretty darn right about that and uh so Tal Papa is the main guy. They have a, a couple other guys. They have a talented freshman from Louisiana. He was the top running back in Louisiana last year as a high schooler. And Mike Hollins, but he, he hasn't played uh, that much in the offense. He only has uh, 21 carries on the season. I, I think they've been trying to hold him out and uh, use him as the back of the future, but, uh, but then again, Talapapa's back. So we'll have a couple of guys that, uh, they're going to weigh heavily on the next few years.
0: And if we go back to the last game and shortly before kickoff versus Clemson, uh, Virginia announced wide receiver Joe Reed uh, would not play in that game because of an undisclosed injury. And look, he, he leads Virginia in, in touchdown catches with six and, and 70 receptions as well and a great kick returner uh, to, to add to that. So, you know, what's the outlook there with Reed? Will he be able to play in this Orange Bowl, uh, along with, you know, uh, playmaker Hasista Wise? I mean, he, he, he looks to be a uh, big-time uh, target there for uh, for Perkins.
1: Yeah, we think Reed is going to be healthy enough to play, and he uh, he's a guy with uh, really good speed, uh, decent size. He really uh, started to come on at the end of his junior year last season. And uh, he's really uh, been a, a terrific guy. At 627 yards uh, and six touchdowns receiving, uh, he's one of the most dangerous kick kickoff return guys in the country. He's averaging uh, almost 35 yards a return and in uh, 22 returns, and in, in, including two touchdowns. Uh, but yeah, he uh, they were kind of uh, a lot of people wondered where. It was, where Virginia's passing game would be this year because Olamide uh, um, uh, uh who broke the U, uh, UVA receiving record uh, is playing with the Falcons now and is actually playing as a rookie and uh, that left a huge void and Reed and Dubois uh, really stepped up Dubois is uh, incredibly dangerous he has some of the best hands i've ever seen he, i don't think he's had but uh i'm not even sure he's had a drop this season to tell you the truth no he hasn't
0: uh, i looked has, i looked he, that up yeah he hasn't had a drop this yeah.
1: year yeah he has uh 65 catches 979 yards four touchdowns and uh he's just made some incredible catches of a, a few one handers and uh those two guys have been really the staple of the passing game. And, and the last uh, the last half of the season, another guy, uh, Terrell Janna, has really stepped up. And uh, I think he's had something like 30 catches over the last uh, four games. But uh, there are, the three of those guys give Virginia a real threat in the passing game.
0: Jerry Ratcliffe from jerryratcliffe.com is joining us here on Gators Breakdown giving us a preview of these Virginia Cavaliers, and we'll move to the other side of the ball in this defense. And this is a defense, much like Florida, that gets after the quarterback, 45 sacks this season. That's good for six in the country. And look, Florida's going to pass the ball a lot with Kyle Trask, so uh, you know that's a good matchup uh, to look out for here. You know, what makes Eli Handback in, in this crew so special?
1: I think Eli is just a really steady guy. He's one of these guys that uh – Really doesn't want a lot of credit and doesn't look for the uh, limelight at all. He just goes about his business, does his job. Uh, he's just uh, he's a senior. He, he's uh, he's not not real flashy or anything like that. He's just uh, bullish and determined and, and hard to hardest block. Uh, he has uh, four and a half sacks this year and uh, a few hurries, but he's recovered two fumbles, including. Uh, the one at the end of the game that iced Virginia's win over Virginia Tech and ended a, a 15 years of frustration against those guys. Uh, he recovered a uh, fumble in the end zone to to, uh, to ice the game. Uh, but he, he's really solid. Uh, Eli has uh, 33 tackles and he's just one of these. Uh, Guys who who goes about his business without any glory, and and I think that's what uh, uh, Bronco appreciates most about him.
0: And then if you go back and and look, the defense lost a big one for the season, one of the best quarterbacks in the country with Bryce Hall, lost him back in October. And then, you know, all ACC caliber linebacker Jordan Mack was barely able to play versus Clemson in the ACC championship. Uh, Have these last few weeks uh, helped shore some up uh, shore up some of the injuries on defense. You get a, you know, a, a lot of bowl prep here, uh, and you know what's uh, Max' impact on this defense?
1: Well, you know, unfortunately for Virginia, that hasn't been the case. Uh, I don't think they're going to get any of these guys back, uh, like Hall, whose people almost refused to throw in his direction because they knew he was his man was covered, or there was a good chance of him intercepting the, the pass. So. Uh, that that's uh, was really tough when they lost him in my Mi- at Miami this year in that loss um, and uh, you know they've had they've had three starters on these in the secondary go down that used to be the strength of the defense and uh, they lost three guys they uh, lost a couple backups uh, so they've been really hobbled in the secondary uh, ever since the Miami game it seems like uh, it got contagious or something and, and it was It's been tough for them to to deal with because they've had to rely on some guys switching positions, Uh, our guys with little experience stepping up uh, to the plate. Uh, Nick Grant uh, is a junior, and and people have tried to pick on him. Devontae Cross is a strong safety. Same thing. He's a junior. People have picked on him, and, and Miami did particularly in that game. Uh, and Esken Smith uh, is a sophomore and and uh actually, this is how bad it got. uh Smith had been out for most of the season with a knee injury and had surgery and uh on one day's practice, I think the week of the Georgia Tech game, uh he came out uh, back out and and on Saturday he was starting <laughs> at the, at one of the cornerback spots uh so it it's been tough and and you know that's that's where virginia's been vulnerable uh ever since hall got hurt and then the other guys got hurt Joey blunt uh junior is the last guy standing last starter standing i guess and he's only a junior as well uh mac has meant uh, almost everything to this defense he's one of the captains uh he's just a a guy he's been around uh he's Uh, Played a lot ever since he was a freshman. He's just steady, uh, great pass rusher, uh, solid tackler, and uh, and he just means a lot in in terms of leadership. And uh, the players rally around him a lot. But uh, yeah, I I don't know what his status is for the game right now. I know he had to come out of the ACC championship game because uh, of a nagging injury. He might be the only guy that, that has a chance of healing enough to play uh, in the orange bowl against Florida.
0: And speaking of Florida there, you just, uh, you just mentioned uh, the Gators there. Uh, what's your thoughts on Florida so far? You know, we've had a few weeks to, to kind of preview this, uh, this game and, in this orange bowl, you know, from afar, uh, have you looked at the Gators this season and what's your thoughts on them?
1: I've seen a, a little bit of them off and on throughout the season, uh, just in, in watching some games,
0: but uh haven't
1: seen a great deal of them. Uh, What I have seen, I'm I'm impressed. Uh, Looks like they like to throw it all over the lot and have a guy that can do that. Uh, Virginia's used to that. They've faced quite a few passing teams this year and some fairly good quarterbacks. Um, I've I've been really impressed with the defense, and I'm I'm biased a little bit because, uh, believe it or not, uh, this old goat used to be the peewee football coach of Todd Grantham, your defensive coordinator down there. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, yeah, and I've known Todd for uh, most of his life. So, uh, But uh, <clears throat> I followed his career naturally, and uh, I was really impressed with what he did out of Louisville until he left the Bobby Petrino uh, dumpster fire and got out of there and uh, hooked up with Dan Mullins at Mississippi State. And then, uh, He's, he's been uh, solid and uh, everywhere he's gone and, and produced some incredible defenses. So, uh, that aside, I, I, I've i been very impressed with Florida's defense. I think it's one of the better ones Virginia will face this year.
0: Was he as fiery back then as he is now? Uh, yeah,
1: in a, in a wee kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he was only uh, 10, 11, 12 years old during that time, but uh, you could tell that. Uh, that he was a football guy even back then and uh, was pretty intense for a kid that that age and, and, a, and a really good football player. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, there's no question. He's a football guy. And it's been in his veins all of his life.
0: All right, Jerry, thank you so much here for uh, joining us here on on Gators Breakdown. hope you uh, get to enjoy the trip to to Miami. hope the team does as well get to enjoy some uh, warm weather for a few days during this cold time of year.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice, David. It's uh, been in the uh, 20s up here, so uh, anything uh, anything over 60 would be a, a relief.
0: <laughs> but thank you,
1: and I hope you have a great Christmas.
0: Yeah, all right, that's Jerry Ratcliffe from jerryratcliffe.com giving us a great preview of the Virginia Cavaliers. So let's take a look at the game here. And look, Dan Mullen and Virginia coach Bronco Mendenhall are no stranger to each other. In 2003, both coaches arrived in the state of Utah and became rivals uh, for the Holy War, uh, the annual game between BYU and Utah. Mendenhall was in his first year as BYU's defensive coordinator, and Mullen in his first season at Ust- as Utah's uh, quarterback coach there under Urban Meyer. In 2003, it was a 3-0 Utah victory, so not a lot of offense there in the first matchup between these two coaches. And then in 2004, a 52-21 Utah victory. So, you know, Dan Mullen does have some familiarity uh, with how uh, Mendenhall likes to do things on defense. So, you know, uh, looking at the, the game itself between Florida and Virginia, you know, the game plan is pretty simple, but could be tough to execute. You know, it stop quarterback Bryce Perkins for Virginia here. Uh, he's one of only two players in the nation joining Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts to pass for 3,000-plus yards and rush for 700-plus yards so far this season. He's number one in the ACC and number seven in the nation with 3,960 yards of total offense, which has already broken his own single-season Virginia record uh, from last season. So, Uh, Coming into this game, uh, Virginia went 4-0 in the month of November before losing to Clemson in the ACC championship game. But 4-0 in the month of November for the first time since 1951 for the Cavaliers. And Bryce Perkins was uh, a a big part of that. 92 of 137, so he was completing 67.2% of his passes in November for 1,146 yards and 7 touchdowns in November. Uh, All Cavalier wins. 4-0, and Bryce Perkins was a big part of that. He also rushed for 412 yards and six more touchdowns there on the ground. So, look, he he thrives getting the ball out of his hands fast, and that's what this offense is uh, designed for, getting his uh, receivers the ball and letting them make plays. Uh, He does a good job of, of quickly, you know, seeing what the defense has given him and and what they want to do. He'll then make some accurate throws and and gets gets the ball to his receivers in space. That's what this offense does. And those receivers rack up yards and touchdowns. And because of his athletic ability, they they, they use his feet uh, quite a bit. He is their leading rusher as well. uh, And he's shown the ability to to make some throws on the run. And um, there, so not consistent in, in his reads or, or his accuracy there. If you want to, if you want to look at it, has a tendency to, with this offense to kind of just lock on to that you know, first read receiver, uh, and he's he can struggle there uh, in, in working through his progressions. He really likes to get the ball out to that first read fast. You know, make no mistake about it, he's a true dual threat quarterback, and he can make the throws uh, and make you pay. But a lot of it is based on getting that that ball out to that first read, that first receiver has 11 interceptions on the year. So has the propensity to to give the ball away more than you'd like. And and those come against some of the better teams and more athletic teams on the schedule through two interceptions versus Florida state, two more versus Notre Dame and two more versus Clemson. He was sacked 38 times this season. Virginia ranks 116th there. So this, Gators pass rush led by Jonathan Grenard. Uh, I think Jabari Zaniga will play as well, so he'll be a welcome sight back. Uh, they'll be licking their chops here. Here, so now look. I, I know a lot of those sacks comes with a quarterback that can run and try and make things happen with his feet, but it also shows that that once he uh, can't get the ball past his first read, then there's a chance for sacks to pile up. So you know Notre Dame eight sacks, tallied eight sacks versus Virginia. Miami got to him five times in back-to-back games. Louisville had four sacks. North Carolina had three. So there, there's a good chance for, for the Gators to add to their 46 sacks this season. Florida ranks fifth among all college football teams, uh, FBS, to, to, and lead the SEC by a whopping 13 sacks. The next closest SEC team entering bowl season are LSU and Ole Miss with 33 sacks apiece. So uh, and in looking at this game, if the Gators collect, collect four sacks in the bowl game, they'll finish the season with 50 plus sacks uh, for the first time for the fourth time in history. So, if they uh, if the Gators get you know four sacks here uh, in the bowl game, they could finish with you know 50 50 plus sacks for the fourth time in history. So, uh, big big uh, you have to like Florida's chances <laughs> to get there. Uh, so, you know as I said earlier. And Perkins is coming into this game, playing well. The whole team is in the month of November. Uh, he threw for 250 yards or more in four of his last five games. And uh, we'll see. He, I think he'll have to move a, a bit. To, he's not going to be able to sit there in the pocket versus uh, the, the skaters' defense. Uh, but you know, he can make things happen with his legs. He ran for over 100 yards in three of his last five games. And Virginia won all three of those. Uh, they're 5-0 and this year when he runs for 60 yards or more. So that might be the stat of the game when, we're, when we look back at the final stats. Hold Perkins to under 60 yards rushing. and That's probably a good sign for a Gators victory. And the wide receiver uh, to look out for, maybe to be that first read for Perkins, is uh, Hasis Dubois. Uh, he, he needs 21 more receiving yards to become just the fourth Cavalier to reach 1,000 receiving yards in a season. So far, he has 65 receptions and zero drop passes on 65 catchable targets this season. and According to Pro Football Focus, that ranks number one in the nation. So you you throw him the ball, he's probably going to catch it, (laughs) is what what stats say here. Uh, He comes in averaging 15 yards a catch. And look, we know C.J. Henderson isn't going to play in this game. Uh, and Marco Wilson has played nickel as of late. So, you know, what What does the staff do here? Is is Kyrie Elam and Marco Wilson, the outside corners uh, here, are, or do they man up one of those two guys on Dubois? Uh, You know, or I think it's interesting to, to see how that's going to happen. Uh, if that's the case, if Marco's sliding back out to the outside corner, does Dean slide back to nickel? Did they try some of the young guys uh, out here that we've seen um, in pieces this season? So uh, I think – looking at the cornerback rotation here will be pretty important and what maybe the Dubois can do. So, sure, they're working on all that in a few weeks of bowl prep here. Uh, But, you know, something to keep an eye out for. You know, the Dubois is coming off a 10-catch, 130-yard, one-touchdown performance versus Clemson in in their last game in the ACC championship game. And that almost matches the performance earlier this year against Notre Dame where he had nine catches, 143 yards and one touchdown versus the fighting Irish. So, you know, Hasis Dubois, very, very good wide receiver, and Florida would, uh, you know, have to stop him. And I do look for him to be that big-time first read uh, for Perkins here. Moving to the other side and the Florida quarterback. I, I think this game really relies on the quarterbacks a, a whole lot. Neither team could run the ball. Neither team they just can't do it. Both teams rank in the hundreds uh in in running the ball overall Bryce Perkins is Virginia's leading rusher uh you know Florida we know can't run the ball too well so this is a quarterback game here uh, for these two teams and so we move to the other side and look Kyle Trask he should have a big day versus this Virginia defense and they get to the quarterback as well Virginia is number six in the nation one spot behind Florida with 45 sacks, they did play in one more game, uh, of course. But, you know, the 45 sacks are a Virginia single-season record uh, surpassing the Chris Long-led 2017 team that had 43 sacks. So, you know, they better get to Trask. Uh, you know, Trask is hitting over eight yards per pass, 24 touchdown passes, just six interceptions. Uh, and this Cavalier secondary has allowed over 1,000 passing yards in its last three games and over 300 yards in four of its last five. Trask himself has thrown for 300-plus yards three times this year, finishing with a career-high 363 yards against Vanderbilt, 343 yards against Florida State, and 310 yards versus LSU. Uh, and his outings of 343 and 363 yards were the highest totals by Gator since Tim Tebow's 482 versus Cincinnati in the 2010 Sugar Bowl uh trash 363 against vanderbilt marked the highest total against an sec team since rex grossman's 375 against kentucky back in 2002 so trash could have a field day here uh if given the time it may have one anyway so it, virginia's been getting to quarterbacks but even even that you know th- they've shown lately uh, to give up a whole lot of passing yards there so i think for florida Right now, when you play a team you're better than and more talented than, then turnovers end up being the equalizer. Gators have done, after starting the season, turning the ball over a lot, they have gotten much better there. They've only lost a turnover battle just once this season, uh, and that's uh, against LSU uh, since the first game against Miami. So Miami and LSU are the only two games here where Florida lost a turnover battle. But uh, Florida hasn't turned the ball over in three of the last four games or more than once in six of their last seven. So Florida doing a great job of taking care of the ball. And against four of the better teams on Virginia's schedule, Clemson, Notre Dame, Louisville, Florida State, Virginia was minus 10 in turnover margin there. So it looks like they go against some athletic teams. They have uh, a trend of turning the ball over. So, I think the player to watch here, and he was just labeled one of the most underrated players in the country by 24 7 Sports Brad Crawford. And looking at this Virginia defense is Noah Taylor. Brad wrote The only linebacker other than Clemson All American Isaiah Simmons to have at least seven sacks and multiple interceptions this season. Taylor was a playmaker for the ACC Coastal Division champs in his first season as a starter. The six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pounder blocked a punt in the season opener at Pitt, and that was just a beginning for a player who came into his own as the year progressed, notched fifty-two total stops, eleven and a half behind the line of scrimmage, and at one point Taylor had a sack in five straight games. Alright, and as you heard me say earlier, both teams get to the quarterback. Florida's fifth in the country with forty-six sacks, and Virginia's sixth in the country with forty-five. So just for fun, I wanted to take a look at the common opponents, uh, Miami and FSU, uh, and the sack numbers there. Florida had 10 sacks in the opener, as you remember, versus Miami, while Virginia had three. Florida had eight sacks versus FSU, while the Cavaliers had three in that game as well. So versus the common opponents, Florida had 18 sacks compared to the six Virginia tallied in those two games. So in looking at all this on both sides of the ball, Florida just needs to show up and play Gators football. I got a 37-17 final score here for the Gators. Uh, the pass rush will be too much for Perkins. Uh, Virginia will make plays, and, and I think given Florida's, and I think we'll give Florida's defense fits early on, uh, but won't be consistent. Uh, I think Trask and these Florida wide receivers will have a big night, and I mean a big night. Uh, I think Trask will have a big game. On a, on an exclusive national stage, uh, and will be one of the storylines of bowl season with a dominating performance. I mean, look, Florida's two and zero versus the ACCs already this year versus FSU in Miami. The will make a 3-0 uh, on Monday night. So I I just think Zuniga should play. Grenard should be playing out there. I think in their final games, they'll want to make a statement, much like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson did uh, in last year's bowl game. And I think uh, Dan Mullen gets his teams ready to play for bowl games uh, here. So I think, you know, I think this matchup set, sets up pretty well uh, for Florida here. And look, guys. Last game of the of the season, uh, really, really, really fun season. So Florida gets to the end it in their home state, in Miami, uh, on a national stage, an exclusive stage. And if you're going down there, enjoy it. If you're watching on TV, enjoy it. It's been a fun season here. Uh, it's so. You know, this is it. This is it. We get to see. Uh, we go back to the FSU game and all the praise we were giving the Gators seniors for playing in their last home game. Look, that kind of translates to here as well. Uh, to play now, they're playing in their absolute final game uh, for the Gators. So enjoy these seniors one more time. Uh, those receivers, the running backs, and the defense, the defenders, and the players that are leaving early as well. Uh, so it's uh, enjoy it for one more time. It's been a fun season, and hopefully, the Gators will end it on a winning note one more time and get the 11th win of the season. So a lot to look forward to uh, in the Gators' last game here. So uh, thanks to Jerry Radcliffe once again for joining us here and giving us a great preview uh, of Virginia for this Orange Bowl matchup. I am the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave_Sec. underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.